0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 125 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. And it's been a while since I've gotten to say that line. I almost forgot what to say, actually. Um, This is episode 125, uh, the first episode that I've done of this podcast in over a month, which is kind of crazy to think about because of how fast time has been going. The last episode I did was the end of October, right before Halloween. So it's been over a month. If you're listening to this uh, the day that it's released, it will be December 1st. We're already in Christmas time. It seems like yesterday, especially the months of October and December, really flew by. It's just crazy how time just keeps flying by faster and faster as you get older. But there have been legitimate reasons as to why I have not been doing this show. And I'll explain that, and also some changes that are coming up uh, within the coming year. Basically, between work and all the other podcasts that I do, because I was thinking about this today when I was recording with Robbie, we were doing the Fantasy Football Podcast. I do five different shows. I do this one, I do Nerd Cave Retro, Battle of the Brands, the Nerd Cave podcast, and Fantasy Football. So it, it, it's, it gets kind of bogged down and I get a little bit burnt out sometimes. And that, and it's been increasingly difficult to get guests on this show. So I've just kind of taken a hiatus from it. You know, that's one of the reasons why I've been doing the Q&As and the roundtable discussions, because it's not easy getting guests every week on the show. And I've had several people ask me how I get guests for this podcast. And I guess that can be the first official question that I answer. Cause this is a Q and a episode. How do I get guests to interview on this show? Well, I have a subscription to IMDB pro and through that you can find out agent contact information So I'll email them saying, you know, hi, my name is Derek Diamond and I'm interested in interviewing your client so-and-so for my podcast, The Derek Diamond Experience. And then I'll kind of describe what the show is, some of the past guests that I've had, and I'll send an episode to give them an idea of the format. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I remember earlier this year, I spent a day that I had off of work and I sent over 25 emails in one day, and the responses that I got were zero. So sometimes uh, I can get guests fairly easily, sometimes it's next to impossible. So I've just been kind of going through a little bit of a dry spell. Um, As far as the future of this show goes, um, it's not going away. Just because I can't get a guest every single week does not mean that I'm not going to do an episode of this show. For the rest of the year, the show will be relatively dormant. There will be this episode, and then the next week you'll be hearing a Star Wars roundtable that I'll be doing. I think with including myself will be, let's see, it's me, Adam, Josh, Eddie, and Bill. So five people. We'll have a five-person roundtable about Star Wars. We have Rogue One coming out, and we're all big Star Wars fans, so what better thing to talk about? Everyone loves Star Wars. So, between this Q&A and the Star Wars Roundtable, which could turn out to be a two-parter, depending on how far we go or how long we go, it it could very well be a two-parter. I have no idea. So, those two will be the only two episodes that you'll be hearing from this show for the rest of the year. Now, I will be coming back in January, and I will be moving the show to a new day. The advantage of this show is that it can be flexible when it airs because you know with battle of the brands i record with nick and adam on wednesday nights so that's released on thursday we record with zach and robbie on sundays for the nerd cave we record on tuesdays with robbie for fantasy football so and we record on sunday nights with jason for uh, nerd cave retro so Um, those are relatively set in stone because they also involve other people you got to do you know, what's best for the group as far as when you can record. So, that being said, this show will be moving from Thursdays to Tuesdays. Starting on Tuesday, January 3rd, we'll have a new date, a new logo, new music. You know, it, it'll be, it'll, I think it'll be a good thing for the show. New day, um, kind of a, a fresh start, maybe like a, a soft reboot, if you will, for all you film buffs. And um, also, that means that you will have a Nerd Cave Network podcast six out of the seven days of the week. You'll have on Mondays, you'll have Nerd Cave Retro. Tuesdays, you'll have the Derek Diamond Experience. Wednesdays, you'll have Fantasy Football for Nerds. Thursday will be Battle of the Brands. Friday, the Nerd Cave Podcast, and Saturday, the Pop Culture Palette. So, and plus, it gives. I, I don't really like having two shows on the same date. I like every show to have like its own day to really be the highlight, if you will, so I think it's a good move. It's something that I've thought long and hard about. Originally, I was going to keep it on Thursday because it's been on Thursday forever, but you know, moving it to Tuesdays, I think, is a good thing, and um, I've got some potential great guests lined up. I'm still waiting to hear back from uh, a couple of people. Some are Pensacon-related, which will be coming up in February, so... I'll be moderating a couple of more panels, so I'll have the audio from those uh, to use for the podcast. I've got a Ninja Turtles roundtable lined up, a DC CW shows uh, roundtable lined up with shows like Arrow and The Flash, uh, which I will say uh, something cool I got to do uh, a couple of weekends ago was go to the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in Atlanta and got to meet Stephen Emile, uh, who plays Oliver Queen in the Arrow show. Met uh, Matt Ryan, who played Constantine. He's also going to be at Pensacon. Met Dave Batista, WWE wrestler, and also played Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, All super cool people. It was the first convention I had been to as a fan uh, in quite some time since 2013. That was only the second convention that I've ever been to as a fan. Because every year I've gone to Pensacon has been to work. I've went to Paracon twice uh, to get interviews. And then I've been to Fanaticon three times and FandomCon once as, you know, the Nerd Cave. So it was a it's a different experience going as a fan as opposed to working, but it was a lot of fun. And um, I do give a very big shout out to my awesome girlfriend, Sarah, for surprising me with tickets to that. So uh, thank you very much for that. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to go to another one. Hopefully... Heroes and Villains goes back to Atlanta next year, I would go again in an absolute heartbeat. But that about does it for, as far as you know talking about the future of the show, like I said, Tuesdays starting on January 3rd. But we do have a few questions to get into. Um, originally, I was going to do this Q&A when I was out of town in Houston a couple of weeks ago, but unfortunately did not have the time to do it. But I do have the questions... That was left for me. Not, not too many, but uh, some very good ones. Uh, this first one I'm really excited to, t- to talk about. It's from Mr. Wally Phelps, co-host of the Pop Culture Palette and former guest of this podcast. And probably future guest of this podcast. You're the CEO of Nintendo. What is your first priority? Now, this is a question and a subject that is still very touchy with me. Because for those of you that know me, you know I'm a huge Nintendo fan. And months ago, Nintendo announced that they were doing a kind of a remastered NES, the NES Classic Edition. It's a pocket-sized NES that comes with 30 games on it, and it's only $60. That is an insane deal, because you're basically paying for the price of a new video game, you're buying a mini console with 30 games on it, you're basically paying 2 bucks per game. That's an unbelievable deal. And it's got all the great classics like Mario Brothers One, Two, and Three, Legend of Zelda, Star Tropics, so many, um, so many great iconic Nintendo games like Castlevania. Um, yeah, there's so many. I don't have the list right in front of me, but uh, it it's it was unreal, and I was really excited for it. And it came out on November 11th, and. I made the mistake of not pre-ordering it, and I really I was kicking myself for it. But then I found out that Nintendo wasn't taking pre-orders, which I thought was kind of weird. But whatever. I live right down the road from a Target, so I was gonna get to Target like fifteen twenty minutes early, get in line, go in the store, and get an NES. So I see there is a small line out, but I get like a really good parking spot on like the second row. So I'm like, okay, awesome. I'm gonna I got a good parking spot. I've got a, I'm gonna have a good spot in line. And I'm going to get a mini NES and I'll be able to play it when I get home. So I get in line and this guy walks up to me and he looks like he's straight out of the movie Revenge of the Nerds. And I already don't like him because of just the way he's handling himself. He seems very cocky. And he goes, hey, you in line for the NES? And I said, yeah. And then he looks at me and he has this little smirk on his face and he goes, sold out. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, sold out. They only had eight of them in stock. I was like, only eight in stock? And he's kind of flashing this little number at me that has the number two on it, so I guess he was two out of eight. And my thought was I could just punch you in the nose and take your number and be like, well, I guess I'm going to be second in line to get a mini NES. So anyway, he looks at me and he's like, yeah, you might want to try your luck at GameStop or Best Buy, but you probably won't have, you probably won't be able to find one there either. So I'm like, well whatever. This guy was obviously just rubbing it in my face that he was getting a mini NES and I was not. And he did the same thing to someone else because someone else was walking up as I was leaving and he did the exact same thing. And then I overheard somebody say, hey, you might want to try Amazon at four because that's when they're releasing their stock of the mini NES. So I'm like, okay, because I can't go to GameStop or Best Buy because I have to be at work before they open. So I get to work, do all my stuff. At 3.55, I sit down at my computer, log into Amazon, and I wait until 4 o'clock hits. And then I refresh the page, nothing happens. So I'm like, okay, there's probably just a little bit of a delay. Refresh it a couple of more times, and then I think at like 4.02, it works. I see the option to buy it, awesome. Click on it, then it says add to cart, awesome. I'm gonna get it. Click add to cart, message pops up, sorry, your cart is empty. I, I didn't know what to say or what to do, so I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just try again. So I go back to the NES page, the option's still there, click on it, sorry, your cart is empty. Then I try it again, and then it kicks me off of that page and takes me back to the main page of Amazon. So I'm thinking, okay, this is really, really screwy. So what happens is I go back on to the NES page, click Add to Cart, and then it takes me to a white screen. So then I go back to the main page, type in NES Classic Edition, see it, click on the link to go to like the main page where it says you know, Add to Cart. It has the description and everything. And then white screen and that's what happens for the next five to ten minutes so needless to say I did not get a mini NES that day and they have not had them in stock since so back to Wally's question if I'm the CEO of Nintendo what is my first priority well the first thing I do is I apologize to all of the diehard fans who went to Walmart, went to GameStop, went to Best Buy, Target, everywhere, and say, We messed this up. We vastly underestimated the amount of people who wanted this console. We will have X number of units in stores by December 10th. You know, it doesn't have to be that date, but I mean, it needs to be sometime before Christmas because I was thinking all day on Black Friday. Nintendo is missing out on just swimming in the money like Scrooge McDuck because of the amount of money that they could make on this thing. And it just baffles me. It absolutely baffles me from the very beginning because Nintendo still has this old mindset that they can create this this demand for something, but they need to realize that it's not 1985. It's not 19. 1980- 91 or 1996. It's not even the 2000s. This is 2016. People are not patient. They're not patient. They won't wait on things like they did back in the 80s or the 90s. They will just move on and find something else to like and something else to do. Because when people want something, they want it right then. And this makes me very nervous for the Nintendo Switch because I wonder if they're going to learn their lesson from what happened with this or if they're going to do the same thing i will i mean i've said this ever since they announced they were doing another console if this console fails then they might as well just start making games for other consoles because no one's going to trust them anymore and it sucks to say that because i've been a nintendo fan since i was four years old i've owned every nintendo system I even, I was one of the 12 people who bought the Wii U. Obviously more people bought the Wii U than that, but it might as well have just been 12. I I just, I don't get it. I absolutely do not get it. My first priority is to make an apology to the fans, to, try, to, to just own up to it, but I know they won't because Nintendo is a Japanese company, and they are notorious for not admitting their mistakes. So that's what I would do. I think it would go a long way to just own up to what you screwed up with and fix it that's really the only thing you can do and then definitely don't make this mistake with the switch with the switch i would start taking pre-orders in january because that's when they're supposed to fully unveil everything about it like i think it's they're supposed to unveil specs uh battery life for the the tablet uh launch launch games they need to do that like they need to say you can go pre-order this right now. So that's what I would do if I were Nintendo and I'm I'm already uh, I'm already scared about the Switch because I read that Zelda is not going to be ready for the NX at launch that it's not going to come out until June. So I I I don't know. Nintendo's notorious for pushing things back but but i i really really hope that's not true or i mean if they if they end up having like a new mario then i think that will make up for it like i i would be fine with that if they have like a new platform mario game not like you know not new super mario brothers like a mario galaxy type game it doesn't have to be galaxy 3 just played in that same style like a mario 64 if you will if they have something like that then I think that will help tie people over until Zelda comes out. I would actually be okay with that, but we'll have to see. I do think if the rumor's true about them putting Pokemon Stars, if that's a legit thing, if they're putting that on the Switch, that, my friends, will sell some consoles, because that is something that people have wanted for a long, long time. So anyway, that's what I would do if I were Nintendo. Next question comes from Bill Lyons, former podcast guest, and he'll be on the Star Wars Roundtable next week. Where do babies come from? Play Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, and you'll see they come from the stork. At least that's what I believe. Nick Vikinghorn Caputo, he has three questions. Number one, what's your biggest pet peeve? I have, I actually have a few, but my biggest one, people who get antsy. And for those who may not know what antsy means, it's basically people who get impatient and people who get pushy because they want something, they want something right then. Like I'll I'll give an example. I'm not gonna name names, but this happened at work. So we had a project that was due, and we were even told by this certain manager that you know this was when they needed the the stuff done or their. Their content done. So we said, okay, we were on track and then the guy just kept being really pushy about it and ended up like a few days before asked if he could have them like that day. And we ended up getting into a big argument about it because for no real reason, the guy was just being really pushy. Like he was just impatient and things like that really annoy me because I don't like to be rushed and I don't like to be pushed. You know, my, my, my big thing, like if someone asks me if, if I can do something like make, do a video or create a graphic, my biggest thing is when do you need it? Just when do you need it? You know, if you, if you tell me you need it in a day, then I'll do my best to get it to you in a day. If you need it in a week, I'll have it to you in a week. You know, it, it depends on what it is. So uh, people who get antsy really, really bug me. That that's that's my biggest pet peeve. Let's see Nick's next, next question. If you could make up a holiday, what would it be centered around? I'm sure this that pr- this probably exists, but I would make it like a like a big nationwide or even a worldwide thing. I would do a stress free day, where everyone is required to do as little as possible. Whatever whatever your outlet is. To get rid of your stress, that is what you do you don 't go into work. I know it would be impossible, but I would shut all businesses down and everyone just you know stay at home with your family or hang out with friends or you know whatever do something to just decompress and relax because we live in such a fast stressful um, high intensity little margin for error everyone's on edge and if you make the slightest mistake they're going to jump down your throat society I think a stress-free day would be absolutely fantastic I'm not sure what other specifics you would do other than you just do what you do to decompress and no one goes into work I understand you'd probably have to leave, like, gas stations or some restaurants open, but if it were up to me, I would shut everything down. That's what I would do. Stress-free day sounds absolutely phantasmical, as my co-host Zach Dykes would say. Uh, Last question from Nick. If you could have a mascot follow you around all day and hype you up, who would it be? Well, I could take the, the company answer, And I could say the friendliest, fuzziest mascot, friendliest, furriest, fuzziest minor. How did it go? God, I'm really drawing a blank here. The funniest, the furriest, fuzziest, funniest, furriest, friendliest mascot in minor league baseball, Kazoo. Wow! If anyone from work listens to this, I am going to get ripped to shreds. But anyway, Kazoo. Kazoo is uh, is cool. Kazoo is a nice mascot. Um, if it weren't him, I would say Orbit from the Houston Astros. I didn't really know that much about the Astros until I went to Houston a couple of weeks ago for a video board conference, and I kind of fell in love with Orbit. I watched a highlight video with him. He does all kinds of funny stuff. He'll dance with the umpires, dance with security, and um, He'll do all kinds of funny, crazy stuff, and, you know, he seems like he would follow you around and make you seem like the greatest person in the world. So, I would actually take a tandem of Kazoo and Orbit, and together we would take down the evil San Diego chicken. If you don't know who the San Diego chicken is, look it up. It's funny, whenever I think of the San Diego chicken, I don't think of the the Padres, I think of Pete Rose dressing as the San Diego chicken to attack Kane to get revenge on him for tombstoning him the year before at WrestleMania. So uh, it always goes back to wrestling for me for some reason. Um, I will say, before I answer the last question, since I started doing the wrestling podcast, it was around the time that I've taken a break from this show, it's really become one of my favorite podcasts to do because I know I've probably told this story off and on, but Wrestling was kind of what got me into podcasting, because years and years ago when I was going to college, this was when I still lived in Jay, I was driving to and from Pensacola every day, so that's two hours of driving that you have to kill, and through that, I discovered podcasts, and the first one that I ever listened to was a show called The Minority Report. It was a wrestling show with five hosts. There were two Italian guys, two black guys, and a Puerto Rican guy. And together, they called themselves the Minority Report because they were minorities. And the show evolved over the years. Their show was around, I think, in March of 2005. And I started listening to them in August of that same year. So since then, it's gone through a lot of changes. Most of the hosts have left except for the two Italian guys. And then they changed the name to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. And it's a show that I still listen to every week. It comes on live uh, on Monday nights after Monday night raw. I listen to it I listen to it live every now and then if I'm up late editing something but I'll usually catch it on the download uh, the next day. It always comes out you know late Monday night early Tuesday morning so I'll listen to it you know off and on whenever I get the chance to since I don't have to drive near as much I'll listen to maybe thirty minutes of podcasting in the car but the rest of it is you know if I'm editing or if I'm doing laundry or dishes or something like that then I will uh, I'll plug in the podcast but uh, yeah the wrestling podcast uh, you can check that out every Thursday it's part of the Nerd Cave Network called Battle of the Brands it's myself Nick Caputo and Adam Gumbert we review uh, Raw and Smackdown we'll review a pay-per-view if there was one or we'll, we'll preview one if there's one coming up and we'll do you know all kinds of cool segments. We like to rotate segments every week, but it, it's really become one of my favorite things to do and something that I look forward to each and every week because doing this podcast. And I had kind of gotten out of wrestling a little bit uh, up until earlier this year. It kind of reignited my passion for it, and I I I thank, you know Nick and Adam for for helping that because I know Nick had the idea months ago to do the podcast and I wanted to wait until after baseball season was over. So I would actually have the time, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think, you know, Nick has been getting better each and every week. I know he's, he briefly did the comic book podcast with us back in the day, but for the most part, this is really his first big venture into it and he's been getting better each and every week. So, uh, it's, it's been kind of cool to see, you know, him grow as a podcaster through the week, so I I think both of them have just been doing a a tremendous job, and I think the three of us have really kind of come into our own as far as chemistry goes, but you should definitely check it out if you're a wrestling fan, and we we talk about some funny stuff too, but uh, last question comes from my girlfriend Sarah, Sarah Ann Myers. Top five home-cooked meals growing up. This was a tough one. I actually, I was sitting here before I hit the record button, and I had to narrow it down. I had like 15 things listed. So I have actually put them in order and we'll start from number 5. Number 5 would be my mom's potato salad. It's really the only potato salad that I'll eat. Uh, number 4 is this chocolate pie that my mom makes for Christmas every year. It's kind of like a cool whip type substance. You know, as soon as you as soon as you put it in your mouth, it just starts to melt a little bit and it just tastes so so good. Number three would be uh, fried chicken made by my granny Dars, who is uh, my dad's mom. I believe she, when she makes the batter, she puts buttermilk in it. So it has a little bit of a unique taste, but she makes it with these she makes them into like really small tenders. And she would make that and along with chicken and rice is one of the meals that we would have whenever we would come over and it was so, so good. And these number two, uh, come from my Granny Jean, who uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of months ago. Uh, these were burgers that she would make, but she would make them on this little tiny grill. Almost, It was almost like a skillet in a way, but she would cook the burgers and the onions on those and then would grill the bottoms of the bun, and it tasted delicious. Uh, the only thing I would put on those burgers would be the patty, the onions and then I would put some mayonnaise on it and they were absolutely delicious that's what she would make for my birthday pretty much every year were those burgers but the number one and it involves probably my all-time favorite food which is chicken chicken pot pie A good chicken pot pie is oh man I can't even describe it like I, I want chicken pot pie right now that's how good this stuff is um, other honorable mentions, um, there's Granny Darcy's chili. She makes really, really good chili. And also my Granny Jean's uh, chicken and dumplings that she would make every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those are always a solid, solid staple. And, and my aunt's uh, sweet potato casserole would be up there too. This is the season of food. It's the season of giving and it's also the season of food. And God knows I ate a lot of it this past Thursday and i will be eating more on december 25th and probably the days before that but that does it for uh, the questions i know this was a a little bit of a a shorter episode uh, didn't have too many questions but you know i enjoyed all of them i enjoy any time that you guys send in questions i very much appreciate it um i would like some feedback um about the move to tuesdays and Possibly suggestions on how to improve the show, how to make it better, or you know, possible guests. If you guys uh, want me to try and interview everybody, or not everybody, but if you guys want me to try to interview anybody, uh, just let me know. I can't guarantee or promise that I can, but I will definitely reach out and do so to the best of my ability. Uh, like I said, you know, we've got Pensacon coming up in February. I'll be moderating. A couple of panels there. I'll be using the audio from that for these podcasts. Um, there, there's there's some cool things lined up over the next couple of months, and you know, I I, I really hope that uh, that this leads to good things for the show because the you know I love doing all the other podcasts, but this is my baby. This is the thing that that I get to do the way I want to do it, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. So. Um, it's kind of my own little, little pet project, if you will, but hopefully you guys, uh, enjoyed it. Um, I will say in closing, I would like to, uh, give a special thanks as I always do to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers for allowing me to use their music for the beginning and end of this podcast. The song you heard is Twin Peaks from their album Murder Mystery Night, which you can find for free on Bandcamp. Just go to bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and you can get it for free. Everyone loves free stuff. You can also get their EP Atomics on iTunes and Spotify. I believe it's only $2.97. And you can show them some love by following them on social media. They're on Twitter and Instagram, at Wranglers, And on Facebook, just search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And they have a website. Uh, be sure to check that out. It's theunicornwranglers.com. You can also follow me on social media. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience on Facebook. On Twitter, the show page is at DDE underscore podcast. And my personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond. And I believe that just about does it. So thank you guys for listening to this special Q&A. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday for Star Wars. i